This morning's scripture uh, comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 19, beginning in verse 1, and we'll read through verse 10 together. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me there. Uh, we'll also have uh, the words on the screen behind me so that uh, we can all follow along and together uh, hear the word of the Lord. Again, uh, Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse 1, hear now the word of the Lord. He, that is Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him, and all who saw it uh, began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor, and if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. This is God's word offered to us in its reading and in its hearing. So we give thanks to the Lord God Almighty. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Gracious God, we do come before you with praise and thanksgiving for your holy word, for the wisdom contained therein. Lord, we ask that you would would humble us, that you would humble us so that we might uh, be prepared to, to hear from you that it would be not our own uh, thoughts or our own uh, wisdom, but uh, we would only hear your thoughts. We would only receive your wisdom. Lord, open our eyes that we would see, open our ears that we would hear. Open our minds we come to know and understand your word and your will. Open our hearts that we would feel its power. And by your grace, I ask, O oh God, that you would open our hands, that we would offer grace to the world. We pray all this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. You know, while we were away uh, skiing this week, um, uh, we experienced three distinctively different ski days. Uh, For those of you that don't know, uh, we had uh, our youth ski trip. We had eight adults. We had 16 youth. Uh, We drove up to uh, Winter Park, uh, and uh, we drove Sunday and Monday, skied Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then drove back the whole way on Friday uh, and a little bit into Saturday morning. Uh, and, and, and so uh, I, I went to bed late. I had a five-hour nap yesterday and still went to bed on time because I was that sort of tired. Uh, but while we were gone, we had three different and distinctive ski days. The first day, it was warmer. Uh, it was a day where you're kind of pulling off layers and you're uh, upset that you wore too much uh, because you're sweating so profusely. Uh, but the, uh, the slopes were, were, were wonderful. Uh, then on Wednesday, we had snow. I'll say more about that in a second. And on Thursday, we had a, what, what Peyton Ruddick refers to as a bluebird powder day. Uh, on a day such, of, uh, such as that, no one is your friend because the slopes are your only friend because it's pristine, perfect conditions, powder, groomed, sun, cold, perfect. Well, Wednesday, the day I need to tell you more about, it was snowing. 
So we had seen on the forecast for a long, uh, for a long ways out that we were supposed to have five to eight inches of snow that day. Five to eight inches of snow. And, and the high that day was supposed to be uh, the low 20s. Uh, and, and the front was supposed to blow through, and we're supposed to have snow most of the day. And I thought to myself, wow, that's awesome. You know, uh, when in my life have I been anywhere on a day in which we get five to eight inches of snow? I'm a Texas boy. That stuff don't happen, okay? That, uh, you know, if you're, from, if you're from the north and you've experienced that, bless you. I hadn't, okay? So I was just so excited that I was going to be in the snow while it was snowing that much. And it was actually going to stick, right? Like, this is, this is awesome. And so, and so I, I'm super pumped, and I wear all the extra layers that I need to stay warm, and I make sure the kids do the same, and we go up. And, and, and we arrive, and, and it is snowing from the time we leave the lodge all the way until the time we get back to the lodge, well into the night, it's snowing. And that five to eight inches had miraculous, miraculously become uh, 12 to 14 inches. It, 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 how does that happen? How do you miss the mark by that much? Uh, but, but they did, and so uh, on the mountain, uh, by 3 o'clock, they already had 11 and a half inches uh, of snow. And so we skied during this snow. I skied all day from the time we arrived until the time I was forced to get off the mountain because it was awesome. I mean, you would sit on the chairlift, and during the ride, the eight-minute ride up the lift, you would have an inch of snow accumulate on your leg. Uh, now, I want you to think uh, how awesome that is, but I also want you to think about the challenge that that presents. You're skiing down a mountain with, uh, with bumps and uh, with moguls, with, uh, with turns, with trees, uh, with signs that you're supposed to read to tell you where you're supposed to go, and you can't see more than 20 yards in front of you, Right? Visibility is a huge issue. And one of the things I realized uh, that was uh, exacerbating the challenge was uh, on the very first ski lift I rode up, my goggles began to fog up. And so uh, not only was the blizzard, by the way, it was classified later as a blizzard. The blizzard that we skied in with 14 inches of snow deterred me from seeing more than 20 yards in front of me. But now I had goggles on my face that were fogged. And I had a little, a little clear spot down in the, in the corner so I could ski like this and see a little bit further. Uh, so, so we would get on the lift and, and I would, you know, pull them off and I would try to find a layer of shirt that might be clean enough. And, and, and then, you know what happens whenever you try to clean fog off of your goggles whenever it is 20 degrees? Uh, it turns to ice. The fog in your goggles turns to ice. And so then I had to scratch the inside of the goggles to try to be able to see and, and, and I began to realize what a huge challenge this was, um, especially whenever you're in charge of monitoring youth on the mountain. And so you have three or four youth that you're trying to watch, and we're all going down the mountain together. And then Aiden, who has zero control, uh, disappears off into the future somewhere. Uh, and he's beyond the view of your goggles, and he's beyond the view of the blizzard, and he's down somewhere. And you're trying to keep up, uh, but you also have to be sure that those that are uh, 
under much greater control than Aiden. Aiden's my son, by the way, uh, are, are staying together. And so you're kind of this accordion down the mountain, expanding and contracting at the speed of Aiden. Uh, all, all, all while you can't see anything. And I began to, over the course of the day, appreciate more and more how important it is that you could see. Uh, Winter Park is this beautiful mountain. Uh, it's huge, it's massive with runs all over the place. But, but one of the things that, that you see while you're in Winter Park is they have uh, a tremendously uh, well-organized, uh, uh, I'll call it a ministry, to the disabled. Uh, those that are physically disabled uh, are skiing on, uh, on rigged, uh, sleds of sort with two uh, seats, uh, two, two skis on a, on a seat with one out in front, and so they're manipulating it that way. There's even, we saw a skier who was skiing blind. A blind skier. And, and it, they did it with a spot, and the spot was, went down in front of him and, and coached him, and at every turn, uh, announced the turn, and, and the, the blind skier mirrored the voice of the one that went before him. And I thought, how incredible is that? That you could be blind, and yet you could still accomplish something so challenging, something that most of us fail at when we can see. And it made me wonder, how important is vision? We think we have to see it in order to be able to understand it or to do it or to accomplish it, but maybe vision is only a part of the tools that we've been given. Zacchaeus uh, has this, this desire, this desire to see Jesus, and, and Jesus, uh, Jesus is, is, is at this point for Zacchaeus someone that he's heard of but not someone that he's known, someone that he, he has, ha, has been given an idea of uh, through words and through stories, but not someone he's experienced. Zacchaeus uh, is a man of Jericho, and Jesus has never been to Jericho. So anything that Zacchaeus knows of Jesus is just by word of mouth that has arrived there in Jericho. Uh, and, and, then, and then we have Jesus now arriving in Jericho, and, and everybody in the city is filled with excitement because something new is happening. This thing that they've heard of, now they get to see. This thing that they heard of, now they get to experience. The, the Bible has a very interesting description of what Zacchaeus is trying to accomplish here in this story. It, it, in verse 3, it opens up by saying, Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was. He wanted to see who Jesus was. That's an interesting phrase, isn't it? He wanted to see who he was. He didn't want to see him. It could have very easily seen Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, right? That, that would make a lot of sense. That would be how, how we might think that it was going to be uh, articulated. That, that, that this man, Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector in Jericho, who had never uh, seen Jesus, but who had heard of him, wanted to now see him because he was physically present with them. And so since he's physically there, they, he just wanted to see him. No, he didn't want to just see him. He wanted to see who he was. 
But who was Jesus? Who was Jesus? Jesus, Messiah, Lord, teacher, healer. Jesus, Savior. Jesus, Lord. Jesus, the, the one that, 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 that was uh, making all things new. This is who Je Jesus is, son of God, son of David. Uh, the one for whom we've been waiting for generations and generations, centuries upon centuries. This Jesus, this one that had been prophesied to, this one that, that, that now has arrived and has offered miracle upon miracle, turned water into wine, uh, multiplied the bread for the masses, fed the hungry, healed the sick, now eats with sinners. This Jesus, this one, this is who Jesus is. And we hear that Zacchaeus wants to see him so he could see who he is. Can you see who Jesus is? He didn't just want to see Jesus. He wanted to see who he was. He wanted to witness his impact on others. You see, Zacchaeus had in his mind this idea, this concept, that if he could watch Jesus interacting with others from a distance, disengaged, and yet observing, then, then, then he would understand the nature of Jesus and be able to understand Jesus he didn't, want, he didn't want to come close to Jesus. He didn't want to touch Jesus. He didn't want to build a relationship with Jesus. He just wanted to see Jesus and understand the impact that he had on others and maybe that would be enough for him. I want you to know that's a huge, huge challenge for those of us that have a relationship with Jesus. You, you see, those that have heard of Jesus but don't have a relationship with him for many of them, like Zacchaeus, their first step might be to try to observe those that are in relationship with Jesus and see what a difference that makes and hope that that difference would tell them who Jesus is. I'm daunted by that task personally. I find it a huge burden knowing that, that, that those that, that have heard of Jesus but don't know him will look on me and try to see who Jesus is by the impact that my knowing Jesus has on me. You know, this study after study have been done about, about those that, 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 that uh, are non-religious in our culture. And, and one of the most uh, particularly uh, potent findings of, of those studies is that those that, uh, that are non-religious in our culture would say that uh, one of the primary reasons they're non-religious is because they believe that those that are religious are hypocrites. They believe that, that, that those that know Jesus are hypocrites. And so they, they probably are the Zacchaeuses of our communities. There are those that, that, that are on the sidelines, the outskirts, that are looking out upon, uh, upon uh, the crowds around Jesus, that they want to get a glimpse of, of Jesus' interactions. And so they look at you and they look at me, they look at those that have a relationship with Jesus, and they want to see what difference does it make. Uh, are those that relate to Jesus any different because of that relationship? 
And I just want to, I want to, 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 to say to those uh, in our communities, I want to say to them uh, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that I am broken just as you are broken, that we are all broken together and the only one that heals is Jesus. And, and I've experienced that healing, but I'm still experiencing that healing every single day, just as all who are in relationship with Jesus are. And so I, my prayer is that my life would bear witness to that relationship but it would do so with humility. It would do so with authenticity, understanding that I'm still in need of salvation each and every day. So there, there's, there are those that are Zacchaeus around us that are looking upon us, that are wondering what it's like to be in a relationship with Jesus. You see, the common truth is that the world is watching. And if you're in a relationship with Jesus we might be asking, what is Jesus wanting to reveal to the world through us? Well, what is Jesus wanting to reveal to the world through us? Those, those aspects of Jesus' nature that I talked about, that He is the Messiah, that He is the Savior, that He is a teacher, that He is a healer, all of those things about who Jesus is, He's hoping to reveal through us and in us. But, but maybe... Maybe today, this message of Zacchaeus isn't just a message uh, about those that are gathered around Jesus that Zacchaeus is trying to observe, but maybe the message for us today is for those in our midst, those of us who have been this in the past and those of us who are still this today, who are Zacchaeus, who, who have heard of Jesus but haven't yet begun a relationship with Jesus. Uh, who have heard the stories from a distance, and, and, and whenever Jesus is near, you want to observe him so that you could know more about him. Well, I have a, I have, uh, a word of hope to begin with if you find yourself in that place of Zacchaeus. The first word of hope is, Jesus is in town. He is. Jesus is here. Uh, he has not just been practicing uh, in another region, but Jesus is here. He's in town. And Jesus isn't just in town. Jesus is on your street. Just like Zacchaeus. Jesus is now on your street. He is so close to you that, that all it takes is a few steps outside of your comfort zone to be able to engage Jesus or observe Jesus. And see, I want to draw that distinction for us together, that there is a difference between observing Jesus and engaging Jesus. Uh, and, and see, uh, Zacchaeus starts by trying to just observe. Uh, he sees that there are obstacles uh, around him. Now it's not an obstacle of distance because Jesus is in town. Not, now it's not an obstacle of convenience because Jesus is on his street. And now that Jesus is in town and on his street, he needs to remove the remaining obstacles from that relationship. And so what does he do? He walks outside. He sees the crowds. He realizes he's not been endowed with Yao Ming height. And so he has to find a way to get greater height. So he climbs up in a tree so that he could see Jesus. What are the obstacles that you have in your life that keep you from seeing Jesus? Are they distractions? 
Are they barriers? Are they challenges? What is preventing you from seeing Jesus? But now, after you've removed those obstacles out of the way, I want you to know that, uh, that, that Jesus, is, Jesus is there to be observed. Jesus is at work in your midst. Jesus is at work in your town, on your street, present there already. But Jesus is there for a little bit more than observation, if you want it. You see, Jesus is engaging with the crowd, and then Jesus sees you looking on, and he offers relationship, and he invites you in. See, Jesus wants to reveal his very personal, very intimate presence in your life to you. He doesn't want to just remain uh, uh, this thing to be observed, but he wants to engage you in deep relationships so that you might be bound to him in love. You see, you might want to observe Jesus, but Jesus wants to engage you. And so Jesus, this one whom you heard of, but you don't know, calls forth to you by name by name and says you might not know me but I know you I know you and I want to be with you to dwell with you to be in relationship with you if you would just let me what a profound experience for Zacchaeus See, Zacchaeus thought that if he could see Jesus, he would know Jesus. But Jesus approached him and said, you've seen me, you want to know me, I'm going to relate to you. I'm going to be fully present with you. And in that, you will know me. It's not just about seeing. It's about experiencing the life-giving love that Jesus has for you. So what is that for you today? Are you that one that, that needs to ask that question, what is Jesus trying to reveal to the world through me? Uh, who are those that are out there that are looking on my life, that are wondering what difference does Jesus make in my life and, and, and how am I responsible for that and how can I live up to that and how can I be honest and hold integrity and, and yet understand that, that, that I'm still broken and fallen but my life can be a beacon of light and love for the world. What is Jesus trying to reveal through me? Or maybe you're in that position where you're curious, where you want to know Jesus and, and, you, and, and you're beginning that journey by observing what those who know Jesus are like, I want to invite you to take one step further. I want to invite you to engage with Jesus. To hear him call your name, to understand he knows you and he loves you, and to welcome him in your heart and life today. Because when you do that, you'll, you'll know Jesus. Not just know of Jesus, but you'll know Jesus. 
that He is Savior, that He is Lord, and that He is love and grace for you in ways that you have not and cannot experience in any other time or place in this world. I pray that no matter where you are, that Jesus will reveal Himself to you in a new way this day. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we come before you and we celebrate, uh, we celebrate this witness that Zacchaeus is, that, that, that he would so desire uh, to know you, that he would remove obstacles from his path and from his midst. Lord, we ask, God, that, that whatever those obstacles are that have built up in our lives, that, that you would remove them from us as well. Uh, whether they be obstacles of temptation or obstacles of sin, whether they be obstacles uh, of distraction or of challenge or of barrier, Lord, we, we, we ask that you would remove all of these things from us and that you, uh, that you would uh, make yourself uh, present uh, in our midst, in our lives, so that we would come to know you in, in a relationship with you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you're not one to be observed, but you're one to be engaged, that, that you're not one to, uh, to, to, to set back on the sidelines, but you come and you meet with us, and you're so near to us. So, Lord, we meet with us now. Meet with us now and be present with us, we pray. Lord, as we um, continue in worship, we ask, God, that you would uh, be present with us in this time of offering. Lord, that as... Uh, as we offer a portion of what you have given us to the kingdom building work of your church, Lord, that you would uh, be blessed and glorified uh, through it. Lord, I ask that you, would, uh, that you would bless both the gift and the giver alike in this time, that all that is done in this space would be to your glory and honor and praise. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.